welcome back to Unseen, the podcast where we have a chat about some of the brilliant projects happening at Queen's Hall Arts Centre in Hexham. Each episode, we'll go behind the scenes and lift the curtain on all the planning, inspiration and sheer graft that it takes to turn amazing ideas into amazing projects. And in these first few episodes, we're going to be doing a bit of a deep dive into the Unsung Heroes Project, which was a project celebrating local people through song who have made a difference to their communities. And in the studio today, we've just got myself, Brady Jackson, a local musician, and we've also got Dominic Smith, who is Associate Creator, Curator, (laughs) (laughs) Associate Curator slash Curator at Queen's Hall Arts. Hi, Dominic. Hello. (laughs) Um, And I think for this episode, we are going to be focusing on a song that came out of the project called There Are Heroes Everywhere. So in this episode, we're going to have a look at the song There Are Heroes Everywhere, which was written for the shop workers of Stocksfield, um, who were nominated by many residents of the village. And the song celebrates their unfailing cheerfulness, and support of the community during the first national lockdown, despite facing their own difficulties during this time. And for this, I had a lovely time chatting to one of the people who nominated them, the amazing Kate Spencer, who we'll talk about a little bit more later. But for now, let's have a listen to the chat. But first of all, purely because I'm just really, really nosy, I want to know about your podcast. Oh, my podcast is um, something that I do with my sister, Emma. Oh. And we we just really, really love it. We had like loads of situations where we'd had conversations and thought we should have really recorded this because it will help <laughs> other people because I've got an online um, membership club. And it often the stuff we talk about would be brilliant content for people in the club. And we kind of thought... Well, we'll start recording them. And then we started to present them to a wider audience in the podcast. So, Amazing. yeah, it's um, a bit of a it's a bit of a crease. It's kind of us having what we would like to say, conscious conversations, but in a real life way. Um, yeah. And it does get a bit sweary at times. And sometimes <laughs> there is a barking dog in the background because my sister's got a puppy. So sometimes there's a little dog. But yeah, um, we had to get over the whole thing about it not being perfect as well, because it's not perfect because we're just two girls recording something when it comes up and that's fine. And that's kind of the the beauty of it, really. So, yeah, it's not perfect. It's not polished to death. We've got a jingle at the start and at the end. And otherwise, it's just us talking about stuff that happens in our world and things that we think could help other people like we've done about being anxious about, you know, COVID. We've done about social media. We've done about what you make things mean. There's one about gossip. There's all kinds of, so, yeah. I love it. And, and if people want to find out more about your podcast, where, where can they go? Um, it's just called Kate Spencer's Life with Soul podcast, and you can find it just about everywhere that does podcasts. You can even ask your smart speaker to play it. And I would say it definitely comes with a swear warning, mine <laughs> so a blue warning <laughs> yeah, if you have if you have little ears around maybe headphones would be it's not like thoroughly sweary 
but just to be aware that you know if you're a parent and you've got it on in the background there is the odd f-bomb so yeah it's not like super super sweary I just want people to know that you know don't want any surprises that's all absolutely and some yeah absolutely but I love I love what you said about conscious conversations I think that's really cool because yeah when you're covering the kind of issues that it sounds like you are that's kind of what they need to be isn't it yeah but just being conscious anyway because we live quite consciously or at least we try to and we try to live into our values and we try to have integrity and awareness and be conscious and that's what we teach as well so and we haven't always been that way by the way I was um, really broken in the past a complete pain in the neck my life was a mess um, and defensive and not in a good place at all for a period of time in my life and probably the kind of person that people might not want to listen to (laughs) Um, and that's okay because you know there is part of me that thinks oh my god Kate what a moron you were but then I've done some work on it and you know that was because life happened in particular ways and it was my reaction to it and yeah I was a bit of a moron but I've done the work now and hopefully I'm less so so yes that's that's the whole conscious thing and I also think I think absolutely being conscious of that is half the battle isn't it and I think a lot of us have done very silly things when we were a bit younger and actually yeah. the the grace of being getting older is looking back on it and having a little bit of compassion for yourself but also like awareness that you want to learn from that and try to not bring it into your adulthood (laughs) definitely and you know I honestly think like every single person and I know there might be people listening who say well you can't say that about this person or that person but generally speaking everyone is doing the best they can with what they've got now and that might mean the way you've been brought up the fact that you've got stuff in your history, the way that you filter information, you might have anxiety in the background, you might have money stuff, you could have anything going on. We don't know what's going on with people, but the thing is that that person is doing their version of their best. And at that time, that version of me was doing the best version of life that I could do from the place that I was. And I wasn't tooled up to do any differently And I was actually really struggling and not having a great time and things weren't good or easy. And my reaction to that was to live in a way that was really quite unconscious. And um, but, yeah, I did the best that I could. And when you know better, you do better. So I know better now. Well, a bit better in some ways. (laughs) I know better. But, you know, this version of me, it's no good in five years time. Me looking back and thinking this version of me didn't do it right because I'm only doing what I can now. So absolutely. I think the other thing you said that I thought was really interesting is that you do it with your sister. Is that right? With your sister? Yeah, she's a priest. But isn't that I just think it's on because I love podcasts. It's like my, the podcast of my life. I just listen to them all day long. Um, I've listened to yours as well. I loved oh, it. Um, and I just I think that for me, my favorite podcasts are when there's like a real vibe like a real bond between the people that are having a conversation and Mm -hmm. it just makes it so brilliant to listen to doesn't it it does because I do know people who create their own podcasts on their on their own and that's fine and I thought about doing um maybe like reading a blog for example that or basing a podcast on a blog that was really successful or you know got traction or whatever 
But it, there's nothing like having the synergy with another person, being able to bounce stuff off them. And having rapport with someone when you're doing something like that is great because you can read the cues as well. And you know when it's your time to talk and their time to talk. And you kind of know what each other are going to say. Apart from Emma has this ridiculous habit. And if you've listened to the podcast, you may have heard this on a couple of episodes where she'll not tell me what we're going to talk about until she presses record. And God, that's terrifying. That's really scary. <laughs> that's also listening gold, though, isn't it? Because it makes it, I mean, this word is so overused, but it makes it more authentic. Yeah, totally, totally authentic, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's she's got a habit of doing that. And um, it, it's just fun. It's fun. We like to do it. Uh, we had a bit of a hiatus when I had covid which um, oh, I can't even believe I got COVID. I mean, if anyone listens to my podcast, I'm one of the most reclusive people ever. I'm so careful. It's unbelievable. I've been so anxious and frightened about it. I've been like Rapunzel, honestly. I do everything online. And then I got it, obviously, from my teenager, which was going to be the place it got in. So we had a bit of a hiatus then because we had like the, the time frame when I had it. And then I just had an incessant cough which wasn't useful for a podcast but yes we had a bit of a gap but we're back on it now so yeah watch this space fabulous oh well hopefully I hope that um yeah people hearing about this for the first time on this podcast will we'll go and find it and listen to yeah, it because it's, it's a hoot thank you um so what what would be great is it to sort of first of all it's just really really lovely to see you again and and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us for this podcast um and I know it's been a little while since we spoke um so to, to start things off what would be brilliant is if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved with the Unsung Project back in 2020. Well my name's Kate Spencer as you will know and I am I suppose you'd say um, a life coach and um, I'm a writer and I do, I guess you'd call people like me, and this sounds awful, thought leader, ins- inspirational type. You'd put me in that category, although I don't love to be put in that category because it feels a bit egotistical, but that's the sort of category you put me in. I've got a Facebook platform and whatnot. Um, and an online membership club. And one of the reasons I think that I got involved in this is because I helped run a commun- our community Facebook group in Stocksfield called Stocksfield Matters. And it's a bit of a crease helping to run Stocksfield Matters, I have to say, because it's like sometimes it's really, really helpful and people will post stuff about lost cats and a craft fair and you know, things like really relevant, useful things, and it's brilliant. And then every now and then you get people like with real like first world problems showing up and yeah, there's loads of parking disputes and things like that. So yeah, it's it's part of what I do to kind of give back and just kind of keep an eye on some of the threads and make sure that they are conscious and that people aren't, you know, being mean and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's how we connected And then I think you reached out to me because I must have put something on about stuff. And then we got talking and that's how it all began, I believe. Yeah. So uh, a lot of that resonates with me. I think the only bit of it that I would add is that you you said, I think you saw the call out from Queen's Hall about the Unsung Heroes Project and you sent me an email 
to, to, to ask if you could nominate the shopkeepers of Stocksfield yes. for their amazingly important role supporting their local community through yes. the early lockdown. I think that was how it first started. That's right. That's right. Thank you for that. And, you know, that's because I think being um, involved with Stocksfield Matters, obviously it was a time, and again, we go back to everyone is doing their best. Some people were really anxious. Some people were really angry. Some people didn't think COVID was a thing. People were all, and I'm, you know, I had my version of it. And although it was a collective trauma, it, and still is, it was a very personal thing for lots and lots of people. So everyone was feeling their different version of it. And we got lots of different versions of people showing up on social media not just that group but social media generally and what occurred to me was I think there was a little bit of something complaints or people people not in a good place about various things and I thought you know what the the people who are standing in the shops in the petrol station who are actually still having to go to work they haven't been furloughed because they are providing a service that we all need. They are on the front line. And I, I kind of thought we're going out, you know, with a pan and a spoon and banging the spoon and cheering for the NHS, which is brilliant. And I did it too. And I totally believe in it. And I think it's awesome. And all of the, you know, the quote unquote frontline people. But actually, the frontline people were the bin men. They were the people, you know, who were delivering fruit and veg boxes around the doors because elderly people were isolating. They were the neighbours who were sharing flour because people had gone out of stock because everyone's got to be sick of banana bread now. I mean, that was a massive thing, wasn't it? Everyone was baking, everyone was cooking. Um, but there were so many people that were heroic in their own way that weren't being um, cheered on. And I think actually, was it a post about something to do with Tesco? Other supermarkets are available, obviously. And it was something to do with something. I can't remember exactly what, but, but a person had written and it, it was on social media. I can't remember where. Look, I'm frightened. I've got vulnerable people in my circle and I've still got to go to work and I have to wear a mask and I have to sit in, in, at a till in front of lots and lots of people going past me every day. I'm really scared, but I've still got to show up and do it. And that to me is really, really heroic because we needed those people. And I just had a moment where I thought, you know what? I know that the garage at Stocksfield, for example, I did hear and I didn't witness this, but I'm sure it's true that there were even if you pulled up in your car and you wanted fuel and you were frightened that they would come out and they would fill it up and you could put your you could put your window down a little bit and put your card through or put your money through. And the village store started delivering, as I said, fruit and veg boxes and stuff like that. It, it was it just felt like they were all pulling together and it, it was it was a really proud moment. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, I I, I, to I totally I totally hear what you're saying, and that thing about having a slightly wider perspective on who's a, who is a hero and who's doing important work, and actually that's exactly what this project was was about. And I think one of the other things that you mentioned last time, which I found really moving, was that you you talked that actually the other thing that that the shopkeepers did is that there there was very much a social aspect to it, like a bit of a lifeline, and that a lot of people who perhaps were quite isolated 
they could go and they could go and have that interaction with the shopkeepers if there wasn't definitely definitely and and you know the demographic of of where I live there are a lot of older people in Stocksfield you know um or as it's sometimes affectionately called Snobsfield (laughs) there are there are elderly people who are on their own and that might have again you're so right might have been the only real person that they'd seen that week because you know they might have saved up all of their bits and bobs of shopping to reduce risk and only go out once or they might have only seen the person when they delivered them to their door so it was super important not only just for social interaction but for social responsibility you know if you know that mrs what's her face gets a paper on a sunday and she's not around on a sunday to answer the doors usual luckily this community and i think the time valley is pretty standard for that really it's people there are lots of good people and i think especially in a world you know at the moment we've got a lot of news about it, I want to say doom and gloom, but it's not doom and gloom. It's fact. Lot well, is it? That's a whole other podcast. Is it fact? Is it not? It's drawing our attention to stuff that isn't going well. Apparently, it's so easy to get sucked into that. And yes, is reality for a lot of people. And you know, the cost of living's going up, and you know, things aren't easy. But there are really good people in the world and there are good things happening and there's good community focus. And, you know, I I believe in, if you can, obviously not burying your head in the sand, if you've got stuff going on that you need to address in your life and take action, but look for the good, look for the good in people and in situations and set your focus and attention on that is something that I try and live by. Um, and they're all really, really good people. Most people are good, and most there is a lot of good stuff happening. Absolutely, yeah, and and not always where you'd expect either. And I think th- it seems to me like the, the the impact on your community was was really huge of what these people were willing to do. Is that something that you know other people acknowledged in that community and talked about, or was it more something that you that you noticed? I think so. I mean, another really good example is um, at the cricket club in Stocksfield. They started to get a scram van going once a week. So Amy uh, from Event North would um, would enlist and organise someone to go every week. And it was something different and something new because everyone was trapped at home. So that was nice because obviously restaurants and places were shut initially. So that was really good. And yeah, I think that... Uh, my experience of of it was probably well again a personal experience, but I work from home. I didn't get furloughed, so I continued working, which was good and bad because it was good because obviously I could keep serving and I could show up a lot and help and support people. But also, I did feel very burned out a couple of times. But I think other people's experience in this area, geographically obviously mixed but I think generally people were kind and understanding but I do feel like in the main it's quite a tolerant place to live unless it's parking and dog poo as we see on Stockton <laughs> Matters our fireworks are a bit of a hot potato on there as well uh, but yeah generally it is quite it is quite tolerant hmm. and also 
I, I guess I, you may not know the answer to this, but I, I don't know what it's, there's a bit of a pattern that I've noticed in for on this project, the people that have been nominated, the, the people that have been nominated as heroes have pretty much all of them. They've been really surprised that they were nominated. And I think the reason for it is perhaps their disposition is to be quite humble, perhaps. And also I think they're just so busy getting on with the thing that mm-hmm. it hasn't really occurred to them that they're doing something really quite unique and extraordinary. And I don't know, what what do you think about that? For example, what do, do you, have you told the people that you nominated? And No, no, I haven't um, said anything about it, really. I, I just... I don't know. I I think humility is, I think it's a lovely quality to have. I think it is. I think, I mean, obviously I'm a human and I am prone to at times being in my ego, like we all are. But I like to think part of living consciously is either knowing when I'm doing it and changing that or accepting from people around me who might say, oh, Kate, come on, you're being a bit of a tit with that, you know, or a bit, you're, you're, you're being a bit up yourself here. And I might say, yeah, no, I'll rein that in. Wow, sorry, I don't know what happened there. Um, but uh, so humility, I think, is a lovely quality to have. Um, do I think that, why were they surprised? I think probably because they they probably just felt like, look, this is just what I'm going to do. Um, I as I said, I worked, I showed up, I could still help and support people. And I kind of just thought, look, this is my job. This is what I do. I'm going to just keep going and keep doing it, really. Um, maybe it's just the kind of people that they are. I mean, obviously, the, the service industries that we're talking about as well, I think that they were definitely part of what kept the country going at the time. And I always said when I went into a shop, thanks so much for doing this. I always sort of said a little thank you, but I never went and I didn't go out very often at all. But I always said thank you to the delivery people and I had a fridge in the garage with bottles of water in and stuff and some hand gel. <laughs> so if they wanted to, they could get a bottle of water and um, and, and put the hand gel on. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think, yeah. So I haven't answered that at all. I'm the same as you. I'm mulling on it. Oh, no, that that's fine. I mean, obviously, this project's a music project, which is all about um, honouring people's contribution to society through song. And obviously, I'm a musician, so that's kind of something that's very close to to my heart. But there's lots of other ways of commemorating people through different art forms. But I I guess I'd be interested to know what you think of that and perhaps what, what your relationship is to music and if you think it's a good way of kind of honouring and celebrating people and telling stories. Yeah, I do. I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think also it works across, if there's no social divide or gender divide or age or anything like that. And I think music is, it's so emotive, but it's also can be really, really uplifting. And for a while I was in a choir and I would really recommend if anyone's thought about, um, well, obviously playing an instrument or, you know, obviously just just have a go just have a go um I don't play any instruments but I can sing a bit and I was in a choir as I've said and it it was brilliant it was just so uplifting and I have to say I got a newfound respect for you know the like rock bands of the 80s I'm thinking here's a little glimpse into my world so (laughs) I'm thinking like Def Leppard Europe Bon Jovi type bands wow harmonies are really hard 
they are so hard and until you sing in a choir you don't know because the bit that you sing when you're singing along in the kitchen doing the dishes or doing karaoke that's the melody but trying to sing harmonies singing and I was in the lower alto session section of the choir trying to sing my note when other people around you are singing other notes it's really hard so yeah but it's brilliant and a lot of people that I spoke to at choir and I don't go now but it's my intention to go back they went there to either rebuild confidence after a life event or for some kind of mental health and emotional health benefit and I don't know whether it's um the actual singing or being part of a community or doing something fun because the leader was fun. It's probably all of those things combined. It's very, very healing and a really, really uplifting, happy thing to do. So that's what I think about music and singing. And I love doing it. And especially uh, at the weekend, if I've maybe had just a couple of gins, we'll say just a couple. <laughs> um, I am prone to um, having a bit of a karaoke, usually with my sister as well. And yeah, we we like to do that. So because it just makes you feel really good. So I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, well, you're, you're certainly speaking my language, absolutely. <laughs> and it it sounds it's really interesting hearing you talk about your your approach to life and the work that you do and, and why you do it. Very much about supporting and helping people, empowering people. And I, I'd be really interested to kind of know where where you think that might come from. I mean, I know you said you kind of had this, as so many of us had, it's like misspent youth. I think you used the word <laughs> moron, perhaps. I'm not sure. Yeah, a bit of a moron at times. <laughs> <laughs> when you were younger, and I, I kind of, it would be really interesting to hear where you, where that kind of, that drive to help other people kind of comes from. Um, well, what happened was in my life, I ended up, having a having a massive life event when I was in my 20s and as a result of that had a lot of a lot of stuff and um yeah I I ended up actually being quite poorly and I had ME for four years and I went on a, a sort of mission to try and heal that and fix myself and what I found was anything that ends with syndrome um you know, is difficult for the medical profession to treat. So I had chronic fatigue syndrome um, and I went on this sort of mission to help myself. And I found out that stuff like energy therapies could help me. I had Reiki, reflexology. Um, I also had NLP, like neuro-linguistic programming to help uh, reprogram my beliefs because I had some quite sabotaging beliefs that would keep me stuck. And I just went on this whole path of trying to get myself back. And after a while, it worked and I really started to feel a lot better. And that inspired me at that point to go on and, and do something to help other people. Because at that point, I'd kind of, you know, awakened to the fact that there was all this other stuff out there and that it could do you good. So that was the beginning, really, of my journey into, you know, what people call woo and, you know, a bit alternative, a bit fringy, a bit out there. But I like to think, you know, that my sister and I, she's not as woo as me at all, um, deliver it in a real life way. So we're all about living consciously. But like in a real life, you've still got to put the bins out way. So, yeah, that's where it started. 
I love that. I love that balance of like you said when you use the word woo, but balancing it with actually I just need to get on and do things. It needs to be practical. It needs to fit in with what I'm doing anyway in my life and my other priorities. Yeah. And because who's who's got time to sit and drink green juice and do yoga and float about in a kaftan taking selfies at a retreat in Bali I mean who's got time for that in real <laughs> life you just haven't have you you could get up a little bit earlier and do a bit of a stretch out or a or a dual wicks and and you know do a bit of a meditation put a crystal in your pocket and get on with your day that's more my style but yeah I haven't got time for the rest it's got to work in real life and that's the kind of stuff I teach absolutely I like it <laughs> uh, so it's it's just it's so lovely to to catch up with you again and to to talk to you about all this stuff and I, I really appreciate you, you you giving us your time and uh, we're kind of coming to the end of the conversation now but I'd really like to just ask just as a final thought obviously this project's all about celebrating people who have done amazing perhaps unacknowledged work in their communities and I guess I'm just kind of interested to know why you think it's important to honour the contributions that these people make? Well, because who doesn't want to feel good? And and they deserve it. They totally deserve it. I mean, if you look at the stuff that we took for granted, putting fuel in our car, being able to buy groceries, you know, having our bin emptied, uh, being able to get a prescription, that kind of stuff, that kept us going. And I think now we're coming out of that time, it's so easy to overlook all of that and just take it as written that, you know, people are going sh- to show up and, you know, yes, it's their job and it's their role, but they showed up for us and did it in the face of massive adversity. There was huge risk. There was huge risk for them, not only in terms of we were in an actual pandemic, hello, we, there was also risk in terms of how did that affect people's mental health and emotional well-being and family life? And, you know, we we were seeing a person scanning stuff at a supermarket or handing us something. But those people were taking a big, big risk in order to help us. And I don't think, you know, it was possibly applauded as much as it could have been. And, you know, um, I'm probably guilty of that myself as well. So, you know, it's it's just, I think, time to, to acknowledge it. And it, there's nothing wrong with saying thank you to those people for showing up for us because um, they kept us going. Beautifully put. Very succinctly and very beautifully put. Uh, thank you so much. I've really loved talking to you again, Kate. It's been such a treat. And I've really enjoyed hearing your stories and what you're up to. Um, and so just finally, just thank you so much for taking taking a bit of time to talk to us about the project that's fine thank you so much I've really enjoyed it too and uh, I will make it my mission to go and tell those people that they've been nominated and tell them about the project so you can expect an email from me when that's done (laughs) oh amazing thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you again soon thank you bye for now And that was the fantastic Kate Spencer there. Uh, so Dominic, what did you uh, what did you take from that chat? Oh, I, I just really enjoyed listening to Kate. Yeah, she's uh, she's definitely the sort of person you could go for for a shandy <laughs> with, <laughs> isn't she? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I, what I really liked was well, there was a bunch of things I liked hearing from that interview. And quite early on, she's kind of quite apologetic in a way about the person she might yeah. have been in the past or. 
And we all feel like that, I guess. You you know, you have those kind of four o'clock in the morning moments where your brain starts going, yeah. remember that thing you did when you were 14? And then you just like, and you're like please yeah, not now, totally. not and then now. you just text everyone you've ever met just going, sorry, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but what you said was a really nice thing, which is that we're all just doing the best with what we yeah. have now, which is great, you know, and how you grow from those moments. And I always think about that, you know, that um, every cell in your body kind of replaces itself every few years. So genuinely, you're, like, you're physically not the same person you used to be in, in any way, not even physically. Yeah. So that person genuinely doesn't exist anymore, which is what I tell myself at four o'clock in the morning anyway. <laughs> um, I love it. But yeah, and it, just, it was just really nice to hear talking about and giving people the due, you know, the people that are pulling together uh, and just keeping the world working as well yeah and she said um people are generally good and i think that's true everybody's just trying to help everybody get through their day i think so yeah it was a really really nice interview as well and i love the term scram <laughs> yeah for the cricket club as well yeah 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 i found it really yeah. really heartwarming and like you say she's just fun and um, and i loved i just i loved her attitude to spirituality and feeling good I just love that I love that phrase I wrote it down because I thought it was so good she said get a crystal in your pocket and get on with your day and I just thought that's so brilliant <laughs> it's just like you don't need to radically transform your life to feel a bit better just incorporate mm -hmm. it find some stuff that you can do that makes you feel a bit better and yeah I thought, I thought it was great and um yeah I think if people are interested in finding out a little bit more about Kate, um, they really should do so. I think her podcast is called Life with Soul, and it can be found on all the normal platforms. Uh, so yeah, go go and have a listen. Go and have a listen to her podcast there. Um, so I think we're now going to listen to a little snippet of the song that was written uh, for and inspired by the conversation with Kate and the shopkeepers of Stocksfield. So here we go. This is There Are Heroes Everywhere, featuring the wonderful orchestra and Leslie Rowley. Those tired eyes behind the counter Have a story to be told But for us you keep on going with a strength that always holds. Some are sent to interstone. Thanks, Bridie. So this brings us to the end of the show. To find out more about Queen's Hall and what's going on and how to take part and how to come and see all the fabulous things that are happening, performances and exhibitions, why not visit queenshall.co.uk? And 
to keep up to date on a daily basis, you can also check out Queen's Hall on all social media platforms. That takes us to the end today. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, Brody. Bye.